Michigan wins the Rose Bowl. And they took us on a roller coaster ride with them to finish it out. Coming up next. All right, folks, welcome back to this edition of the Southeast Michigan Podcast, free and available wherever you listen. Please like, share, subscribe, rate us five stars for a belated Christmas gift. Much appreciated to all the support. Thank you, guys. Um, wow, what a what a finish, man. I didn't even play a second in that game physically, and boy, am I just, just mentally just drained, but in a good way. I just... Uh, just one hell of a game, right? I mean, it was just a gladiator battle back and forth. And like I said, it was just a roller coaster. I mean, we were up high. We were down low. I mean, it was every which way. Every which way. It uh, It's just, it feels good, man. Just just being a fan, it feels good to, I don't want to say get that monkey off the back, but to do it this way, win the Rose Bowl, it's just amazing. Just an amazing feeling. I can only imagine what the coaches and players and the, and the parents of the players are feeling right now. It, uh, Man, it's been long overdue. It's been long overdue. So let's get into this. You know, I, I thought of, you know, I always think about doing like a instant reaction episode type deal like once the game ends, but it's just the timing is just never there because I'm always watching the game, you, you know, with somebody most of the time and you know last night me the wife and a handful of us uh friends of ours we all went up to Ann Arbor to watch it um you know it's about a 40 minute drive from my, where I live and you know it's it's just a better atmosphere to watch it on campus with you know surrounded by nothing but Michigan fans Instead of just sitting here at home watching uh, this type of game, you know, it's just it's just the environment's great. The last time, uh, me and the friends all went up there to watch a game of this magnitude was uh, the Final Four game versus uh, Chicago. Was it Chicago Loyola or whatever with uh, Sister Jean? And uh, Michigan beats them to take on uh, Villanova in the national championship, which obviously they you know lost, but it was just a great atmosphere you know people we, we clutter the streets kids climb telephone poles um it was uh it was a memorable memorable night and so was last night but you know we get down there rather early because you know and i'm not a stu i mean again i've i've had family that go to michigan graduate but i mean i've i don't know any students there currently so you know i don't know what the game plan is i don't know how packed the bar is you know it's been times where students like almost like Penn State fans waiting to get inside the stadium or get tickets like they're out there the night before sometimes to get a seat inside one of the bars and you know we get down there at like one one forty five two o'clock and there ain't a soul um at the brown jug yet but we get in there we get a nice booth we're surrounded by TVs 
And, uh, you know, I say probably about half an hour, 45 minutes after that, the bar is, is fairly well packed. But nonetheless, great time. Um, got to experience it again with a couple of guys that I was able to see the Penn State game with this year and um, at least one of the Big Ten championship games. So let's get into the, the game itself. We're going to be just kind of talking about the Rose Bowl on this one. And uh, we'll be back either later today or maybe tomorrow. Um, just kind of wind down everything um, and talk the national championship. And we'll get into a little bit of the the Washington-Texas game that uh, that closed last night at like 1 a.m. Eastern time, which was absolutely absurd. But let's get into it. So um, Alabama 20, Michigan 27, Rose Bowl MVPs. Offense, J.J. McCarthy. Defense, Mason Graham. Uh, more in-depth overall thoughts about this game before we get to the stat lines and, and what I liked and what I didn't like. But, I mean, just, my goodness, what a game. Little definition of a roller coaster, as mentioned already. You know, Mission got back into cutesy play calling, dialing up trick plays that didn't work or you know, didn't uh, execute to its full potential, you know, miscue after miscue, you know, felt as if, you know, going into halftime, Michigan should have been up by double digits and just felt like Michigan was doing everything to not win this one. And that's what it felt like after the, after the game too. Um, especially that first Bama drive, Michigan's defense was all over Jalen Milrow. Um, pass rush seemed to cool off gradually in the halftime and for most of the second half, really, because uh, say the line of scrimmage in general, Michigan's offensive line couldn't open up the holes as well in the third quarter, and they didn't really rely on the run as much as um, they would normally do, and probably in part of that, um, it just this is what it seems like. It was just it was in, in stanzas. He had success, then it was closed up, then he had success again. Uh, but big players made big plays at the end of regulation and OT. Uh, live tweeting kind of throughout the game. You know, I, I, at one point I said Michigan needed a Bama turnover to get a short field and score because, uh, you know, for a while there, Michigan just could not move the ball. You know, three and outs, punts, uh, just could not get into uh, Bama territory. And then Milrow fumbled literally moments after I tweeted that, and uh, Michigan stalled and, and missed the field goal. So once that missed field goal happened, you're getting deep into it, and it's like, man, this is this is how it's going to go. And uh, so it was looking bleak then. Uh, Michigan's defense was able to hold Bama to a field goal of their own on the ensuing drive uh, before Michigan tied it. Uh, another miscue almost sealed the victory uh, for the tide as Jake thought barely avoided disaster. Um, and that one, man... Uh, We'll get into that. We'll talk. We'll get into more in depth here in a minute. But, like, man, I mean, what a cruddy way that would have been. But, uh, all right, enough negativity. Let's get into the stat lines and likes. But before we do, before we do, sports betting has rapidly risen in popularity. I want to connect you all with an opportunity to get started or get ahead. Having multiple sportsbook accounts is the most simple way to maximize your profits and there's never been a better time to sign up. When you visit my page, signupexpert.com backslash southeast, you'll be connected to all the sportsbooks in your region, along with a review of each platform and its unique benefits. All of these sportsbooks are, have valuable sign-up offers for new users, and when you register through my link, you will automatically receive 
the top offer at each one. When you use multiple sports books, you ensure that you can always access the best available odds, which is key to successful sports betting. If you want to take advantage of these benefits and support our brand, please consider signing up for your next sports book at signupexpert.com backslash southeast. So speaking of betting, uh, I know before we get into the stat lines, but speaking of betting, I had two tickets go. Well, I really initially had three tickets going into the weekend, and uh, one of them tanked. I had taken Ohio State in the spread, which they were a five and a half point five or five and a half point favorite going into uh, their game against Missouri, and then when I learned that Marvin Harrison Jr. was was sitting out, I then put another ticket in, uh, which eventually hit uh, last night uh, after Washington won. But I had uh, I had taken Missouri in the money line, Ole Miss in the money line. I took uh, the under on the Iowa game versus Tennessee, which I won by a point and a half. I had, the over under was thirty six and a half. The uh, Tennessee uh, put up thirty five, and they were on the two yard line when that game ended. Um, Picked Michigan to cover the two and a half spread. Uh, what was the other one? Oh my goodness! I don't know. There's one more other one, but I had a, a two six layers, but one of them was the big one. I and I had that was for about nine hundred bucks. So I had a had a good betting night, which was great. And the one bet that I won for nine hundred, I placed that when I was at work, which I work in Ohio, and. Uh, so your, the cash out option was not available from where I was at. So I had to let it ride, and uh, I'm glad I did. Um, and then for the the other one, I think that ended up being like 220 bucks. Uh, and uh, yeah, so good for me, I guess. Thought about maybe using that for my flight to Houston, but uh, I don't know. If you want to fly American Airlines Delta. Uh, you're looking at an absolute fortune. You have to be Oprah rich for that. And if uh, you want the cheaper side, you have to fly all over the country on layovers uh, via Spirit. So um, might just have to force cut my way down to uh, to Texas. But anyways, let's get into the stat lines, and then we'll get into thumbs up and thumbs down. Stat lines. J.J. McCarthy, 17 of 27, 221 yards and three touchdowns. Blake Corm, 19 carries, 83 yards, one touchdown, two catches for 35 yards and a tutty. Roman Wilson, four receptions, 73 yards and a touchdown. Tyler Morris, two receptions, 45 yards, one touchdown. And the team had a total of six sacks, which uh, I think four, four or five before the first half ended. And uh, so, yeah, Bama, Bama uh, had their hands full. Um, I think, like I said before the uh, or in the preview, you know, Bama gave up forty-three sacks on the year so far, and uh, they damn near made it uh, fifty-three. I thought they, I thought Michigan, the way they were going in the first half, I thought they were going to get the ten. Uh, and then Blake Corm with that rushing touchdown is now the sole leader in Michigan lore of having two records now. The career rushing touchdown record at 56. He's now one uh, more above Anthony Thomas, who has 55. So congrats to Blake Corn for getting to 56. And um, 
he is now uh, in the single season uh, category. Well, he's been in the single season category uh, or the leader already, but he's been uh, padding the stats. So now he's at 25 on the season. So he uh, surpassed us on Haskins and now is continuing to run with it. So he scored in every football game this year and the only college football player to do so. And he has a chance to, uh, in the national championship, add uh, more to his legacy. So let's get into the thumbs up. Michigan's ability to get pressure on the quarterback. I know we talked about, like I said, I just alluded to the 43 sacks going in this one, but this was one of my keys to victory. Uh, Milrow, more of a threat with his legs. The defense had to get in his face and bring him down early and often, and they did. You know, I know he, I mean, that's his strength. So he's, he's going to get his, just like when you play Marvin Harrison from Ohio State. You can try to shut him down all you want. You can double cover, you know, um, switch up the guy's, in front of him, but you know, there's going to be times where he's going to score. There's going to be times where he makes a big play. I mean, big plays are made by big players. So, you know, they they did what they needed to do, and um, I mean, I've, I couldn't be couldn't be happier on how that went. Um, being able to run the ball on offense, we will get to play calling in a bit uh, as we go through this. But when Michigan did run the ball, it was for positive gains. And uh, Blake Corum looked uh, kind of like his old self again, making defenders miss if they filled the gap or they got to him in the backfield. So that was uh, kind of a breath of fresh air, you know. Again, especially with this, the stigma of the SEC speed and the defenses and all this stuff and Bama. To see Michigan, I mean, I, there might have been like one for sure, maybe two plays where Michigan got tackled for a loss on, on a designed run play. Um it was it was great. I mean, I know Donovan Edwards didn't like light up the stat column, or whatever. But I mean, on like one of his carries too, it's like, you know, I felt like the way the holes were being opened up for Blake Corman, it's like, man, put Donovan, put Donovan in there for, you know, two three run plays in a row and see what happens. But um, again, breath of fresh air. You know, speak on Blake the fourth and two catch and run out of the backfield. Uh, on the. Uh, on the uh, the drive to tie it, well, oh my god, that was just so that was so awesome. I know the sting of that play was lessened a little bit from the the block and the back penalty, which again we'll talk about. We'll mention I'm you know we'll mention that again I'm sure, but uh, that was oh god that was so huge. I mean fourth and two, my head I you know sitting at the bar, you know my head is in my hands. I'm trying not to look. Oh my god, and it was just wide open, and you're and you're you're. The knot in your throat is just sitting there until he catches the ball and runs with it. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, absolutely, absolutely magical. Uh, targets for Roman Wilson. Didn't catch the ball till late in the fourth quarter. I know he, I think he was targeted once in the first half, but he really didn't get his first catch till late in the fourth. Um, and when he plucked that ball out of the air and uh, made a move to get down the field inside the 10-yard line, you know, that's where he wears the number one jersey and that – you know, four catches, I, I wanted to see, you know, six or eight. But, um, you know, he, he made up for it. He had he was the, the culprit on that block in the back, probably on the fourth and two play, as mentioned. And, you know, Roman Wilson made up for it with, uh, with a great move. Uh, that throw that J.J. McCarthy had, I mean, it was, it was weird. I mean, from my observation, 
when he released it, I felt like before the ball was tipped at the line of scrimmage, I thought that was going to be an errant throw and not a completion. And it was it was just the way it came out of his hand. You know what I mean? But the way the ball was tipped, it was just almost elevated a little bit. Ball still didn't lose its spin or spiral and still got to, to Roman. But I don't know. It was just a, kind of a weird few seconds there. But, you know, nonetheless... Um, you know, it was a big play. Uh, the game time drive alone was just full of big players and making those big plays. They then to follow up with that with a, a nice play call for an easy touchdown. And, you know, when I say easy, we know it's a pressure-filled moment. And we know as football fans, we've seen plays like that fail by anyone. And the play I'm talking about is uh, when Roman Wilson came uh, underneath across and uh, it was just kind of a, a pitch and catch or whatever. But we've seen players, you know, not even in touchdown moments, you know, just look up field and drop the ball before making the play. Um, and so I'm, 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 I know the, the heart, the heart rates were, were, uh, pretty, pretty frantic there <laughs> player coach fan, but, uh, it was absolutely, it was absolutely beautiful. Um, with a minute and a half to go, the defense was able to force a Bama punt. So, you know, we, Michigan ties it up at 2020 and my buddy Jeff is like, go for two, go for two. I'm like, I'm like, are you out of your mind? <laughs> I don't know why I got, I got so snippy with them. I'm like, F no, hell no, dude. You were, were not going for two. You are tying this game up and playing defense. There's absolutely no way you go for two. I mean, given, given what we've seen the last few years on trick plays, Especially, well, really these last two in the bowl games, I'm like, absolutely not. Are we going for two points? There's no freaking way. Um, so the defense was able to force a Bama punt, thank God. Um, and over time, it was just a quick, tough drive behind Blake the Great to take the lead. Followed by Michigan boys on defense once again, staying calm, collected through the back-and-forth timeouts to stuff Milrow, trying to run up the gut for the tie. So... Yeah, that's the thumbs up. Let's get into the thumbs down. Again, I, I, before I sound too much of a downer, let me just say this was, again, I mentioned in the opening, this is just a gladiator fight. You know, both teams made mistakes, but Michigan dodged some bullets, or is at least they were at least able to recover from them. You know, played this sloppy nine more times. I'm not sure you come away with a W. Um, so I'm not... I'm really not complaining per se. Um, you know, they got the win it, again. I can't ex I can't stress enough on how happy I am to see Michigan win uh, the Rose. But um, there is a lot to critique, you know. Um, and I'm just an average Joe fan. But I mean, if anyone watched that game, you especially a Michigan fan, you just you're just wiping your brow. Um, so again, I'm not trying to sound overly negative here, but there is things that are very concerning and just to seem uncharacteristic from what we've seen from uh, by the Maze of Blue all year. You know, um, first, uh, Michigan was the least penalized team in America at 2.9 penalties per game, as we noted in the preview. Now they only had two in this game, but they were they were kind of momentum killers. Excuse me. Um, in the end, it didn't hurt on a large scale, but that block in the back by Roman was obviously ill-timed. But again, he made up for it um, by you know I'm gonna say by himself, but he, like I said, he 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 put in the work and uh, and kind of 
mulled that one over, rounded it off, you know what I mean? Um, the other one, the other penalty was, I believe, was on Bredesen, uh, fullback slash tight end guy. And he kind of, uh, he kind of pounced on a, a Bama defender that he was blocking. And I think it was more of a, it was more of a, I think it was because he kind of like used his helmet a little bit in the, in the, in the whole gesture, but you know, I, I, that, that to me, that might've been a makeup call from the no call on the, on the, uh, running into the kicker. Um, so yeah, like early, I mean, we all remember early in that game, you know, Bama punted the ball and the punter stuck out his leg and probably left it in the, in the air a little bit longer than usual. And, uh, one of Michigan's special teams guys ran into him and, you know, I think it's kind of, I mean, I understand, we all know why the rule's there to protect those guys, but we had a little, uh, we had a little FIFA soccer moment where he, you know, a little over-dramatized, and, uh, you know, he was healthy enough to get back out there on the field and uh, to kick again, but I think that was a makeup call regarding Bredesen. Um, second, the special teams, I oh, forget my son for uh, going absurd. Excuse me, I had a I had to pause that for a second to go see what the hell was going on upstairs. All right, second, the special teams. Now, me personally, I would hate to be a return man. You know, that's a ton of pressure for someone. The other team is barreling down at you, and you know the whole world is waiting for the ball to fall in your arms or hit the turf. And uh, Samaj Morgan maybe taking his eye off it or the sun getting involved. You know, that was a stone cold killer. You know, not only did Mission get away. Just get away with J.J. throwing a costly pick on the first play of the game, but Michigan's defense came out guns blazing, and then you you just give it right back. And, again, that's it's part of the roller coaster, right? But that J.J. throw, let me just say, that was, like, good grief, you know? I, I, that's, that's one of the, you know, in the preview I said, Bama wins this one by making J.J., do come up with errors like that. Um, and they are very fortunate of the, uh, the out-of-bounds rule there. Um, thank God. But, yeah, that was – that was. oh, my God. I, I stopped talking about it because I'm just going to get more pissed. Um, but, you know, the Samaj Morgan thing, like, uh, you know, tough spot there. It, it, again, I don't if, – if I was on a football team and, they, you know, the, hypothetically the coaching staff's in there, like, we're like, all right, who wants to return the kicks? I would be turning the other direction and be lowering my head so he doesn't see my face. Like, I don't want nothing to do with that. So, you know, but if you're back there, it's it's your job to come down with it. Um, Got to make it. Got to make that play. Um, and then late in the game, you know, again, Jake Thaw's blunder. It's just kind of uh, what the F are you doing? And, you know, thank God he was able to get out of the end zone to avoid the safety because if that would have been the way the game ended is on a safety and then, you know, a punt right back to, to Alabama. That would have been just so catastrophic. And just, oh, just such a gut punch way to lose. You know, I mean, it would, it would have probably, to me personally as a fan, like the two biggest gut punches of all time in Michigan history, well, at least in recent memory, has been the App State game. Um, with more specifically the the block the blocked field goal to end the game and you know thank god was it uh 
I don't even know who the kicker was at the point. Was it Casey Lapata, Jason Gingell? I can't remember, but, you know, to chase him down to prevent App State from scoring on that was huge in itself, but that was a good punch. And then, you know, the 2015 Michigan State game with a block punt, you know, you just, your plays like that, you're just, you're just sitting there, just that, that helpless feeling. That's a terrible way to be. <laughs> uh, third, uh, now, on paper, Michigan was fairly balanced, 27 pass, 32 rush. But I felt they didn't run enough uh, corn plays, you know. Now, in the grand scheme of things, it probably didn't cost much. But, you know, the one drive following a Crimson Tide punt, Michigan didn't give corn the ball once. I thought that was kind of an odd odd choice. And, again, I'm, I'm probably making more of this than what it was. But at the time, it felt like, why the hell you didn't give the ball to number two? You know what I mean? Um, and it was... Probably, you know, more eyebrow-raising at the time, like I said, because it was, I believe, a three-and-out drive or, I mean, it was it was a very quick one. I mean, it was like, I think a, I think it was a three plays, 57 seconds. So, uh, yeah. Uh, fourth, uh, more special teams. Not sure what the vibe was, but Tommy Dolman did not punt well. Did not punt well. Six punts for an average of 39.5 yards. That is bad. Extra A and that bad. To compare James Burnup, the Crimson Tide punter, you know, he punted seven times with an average of 50.3 yards. And uh, I tweeted jokingly that, like, Tate Forcier in 2009 pooch punting it from the shotgun would have been more effective. I mean, special teams need to be ironed out by, before Monday night. Catching, kicking, um, I know it's it's high-pressured situations. You know, the, the field goal that James Turner was attempting, the 52-yarder that he missed, and, uh, you know, the Tommy Doman punts, like, you got to – you got to capitalize on that, man. Got to capitalize on that. Like, uh, you know, it's a different type of ball game when you pin your opponent deep. And we mentioned it last week with the preview again, the 2016 Ohio State-Michigan game. Michigan was winning a lot of that game up until overtime because they gave JT Barrett a huge field to work with under the shadow of his own goalpost. goalpost. And uh, look what happened when they were playing uh, within the 25-yard line. They won, right? So uh, fix it. Fix it quickly. Um, last, fifth, uh, thumbs down here. Uh, do what you what you got here. Um, yeah, do what you got here. As I mentioned in the opening comments, stop with the backer football plays. The, the double pass was almost a disaster in which JJ had to throw fading away into the turf before getting crushed by the pass rusher and got up limping. Like, Jim is over there freaking out about, you know, getting a rough in the passer, which, I, I mean, looking at it from the television standpoint, I'm like, I don't think it was rough in the passer. I mean, like, the guy's just, you know, he's, they're all, they're both falling back. You know, they're they're both falling down. So it's like, it wasn't like a lunge on top of JJ, but my God, if you guys are going to run these trick plays, you, it's easier said than done, right? Execute it or, or don't run it at all, but like, just stop. Just stop doing this double pass crap. Um, you know, and the second one was the flea flicker that Corm short tossed. It's just... Everything is... Again, I'm not trying to... Like I said, I'm not trying to sign negative or, like, take away any, any of this win here. But, you know, when you're having all these miscues on special teams and just not dotting your I's, crossing your T's, and then you go ahead and you do these trick plays and you're not executing them, it just piles up on you. Um, and we talked about this, 
I talked about this last year with uh, Jeff on our uh, Real Talk show. Like, you know, the the 2021 and 2022 teams did great jobs at not letting anything snowball because Jim Harbaugh teams previously, you know, when one thing goes wrong, another thing goes wrong, and the snowball effect takes place. But it, these last three years, it hasn't. You know, they 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 stumble or they trip for a brief second. They they take off running and they uh, they fix it. They don't let it. Uh, they don't let it dictate the rest of the game. Um, but yeah, so let, you know these trick plays last year beat you in the ass, and this time got away with it by a matter of milliseconds. So great, great throw at the, at the end of the day by JJ falling off his back foot and and then uh, being able to pick up the the short handoff from Corn. But anyways, um, so. Final thoughts here. So again, I'm not trying to sound negative here, but uh, my God, they did everything to lose and still won. I was uh, I was wet in the eyes, you know, watching it with the boys at the Brown Jug. Um, it's been since 1997, 1998 since Michigan, excuse me, won the Rose Bowl. This is undoubtedly the biggest program win in school history. Uh, this has been an historic three-year run, filled with programming or program-defining moments, along with some controversial elements. I've never really been one to purchase bowl game gear prior to it taking place with the thought of, you know, why would I continue to wear it beyond the game itself if Michigan lost? Um, you know, now I can finally get me some Rose Bowl gear. So I'm happy for that. You know, I, uh, you know, when I was, I was in high school when Michigan did play uh, USC for that Rose Bowl after the 06 Ohio State game and, you know, I didn't really wear the Rose Bowl gear after that. I mean, I think I bought one long sleeve yellow shirt. And uh, I told myself after that, I'm like, whatever bowl game Michigan is in, I'm not buying anything until they win it. Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, uh, where I lost my place here. Yeah. So now I can finally give me some Rose Bowl gear. Um, yeah, blah, blah, blah. So Michigan has the last say on uh, how this traditional season looks like on the field. You know, I mentioned this back in the preview of the uh, in the like the whole season preview thing that we did. You know, more so as a Big Ten team. You know, this was the the shot to do it with being Michigan State, Ohio State, winning the Big Ten, getting to the Rose Bowl and winning it. Um, yeah, just winning the Rose Bowl. I, if getting to the Rose Bowl and losing, that would have been obviously. You know, to kill the point of the whole thing, but they did. They got there. Now we just need to get to the national championship and win it. Um, you know, said it before, all these teams in this in the country here were really plugging in new signal callers. Um, I know we had Bo Nix returning, Caleb Williams returning, but we had a lot of new, a lot of new uh, QBs. You know, Drew Aller at Penn State, Kyle McCord, uh, formerly at Ohio State. Um, I know Jordan Travis was already at Florida State, whatever, but, uh, Georgia, you know, getting Carson Beck in there. Uh, so, you know, Jay Milrow with, uh, Bama. So we have, uh, we have a chance here to, 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 to jump through this window opening here and, uh, see our boys win a national championship. 2023 slash 2024 right here. This is. All I'm worried about right now. I'm not worried about the 2024 season. I'm not worried about the 2025 season. I'm not worried about where Jim goes after this, if he stays, whatnot. Just win it all. Just win it all 
and we can all revel in it for years to come. Um, it's just, it's so surreal. And we're, you know, I'm just an average fan running a, running a new podcast. That's it. So I uh, appreciate you guys listening. Um, like I said, we'll, we'll be back for the national championship preview in the, in the coming day or so. But I just figured uh, there was a lot to talk about this game alone. Um, and I didn't want to run a one another episode at an hour. I wanted to run this one a little about half hour, maybe 40 minutes or so. But, um, again, appreciate the listening, support, like, share, subscribe, follow us on social media. Uh, all that will be in the description box below as used, as always. Uh, so go blue. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, JJ. Thank you, Blake, Roman Wilson, everybody on the team for, uh, for giving – the average fan, alumni, everybody, uh, something to root for and uh, to watch. So appreciate you guys. And uh, hopefully I see uh, a few of you, see a few of you players at some upcoming uh, autograph signings or whatever. Um, but anyways, go blue guys. I'll talk to you next time and uh, we'll talk national championship. Peace. Old school determination.